If God truly spoke to us, many of us would probably second guess it. Can God be heard today? And if this is true, what does his voice sound like? In the Bible, God speaks to individuals all the time, Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, and Peter. But if you ask most Christians, they might tell you about a time when they heard the voice of God. For Bryn and Brian Elliott, this is not a once in a lifetime experience. And we have a hunch that God doesn't want that to be the case either. What if God is always speaking and we can attune not just our ears, but our entire lives to listen for his voice? Today, we talk about experiencing God and this process of hearing from him and how anyone can really learn to listen. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Hey, welcome to the Father Pursuit Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm joined by Brian and Bryn Elliott, the co-founders of M46 Ministries. Today, we want to talk about a subject that intrigues us all. It's hearing the voice of God. Hey, Brian, can this actually be done? What does it not just look like, but what does it sound like to hear the voice of God? Well, it's funny. For, for most of my life, uh, I didn't even think it was possible that you could hear the voice of God or that was something for today. And uh, I mean, I knew that there was prophets and, and, you know, people that did hear, but I did not think it was for me. And, you know, I think when you tie it into that, when you look at relationship, how could you have relationship if it's a one way dialogue of us to him, if it can't be the other way. So, I mean, for me really began to uh, not so much hearing God's voice as beginning to understand that God speaks through so many different ways. And, uh, and then actually I ran into somebody called Mark Verkler and he's, uh, I think he's famous for really hearing the voice of God. And he actually took a year away and, um, on a sabbatical with the sole focus of hearing the voice of God. And what he came away with was, and, and this is a quote that I like from Mark. It's when I learned to recognize the voice of God, as the bubbling flow of spontaneous ideas that well up from my heart, as I fix my eyes on Jesus, I discovered a new way of living. And he really uh, hones in on John 10, 27, that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Wow. Yeah, that that totally, uh, I, I remember being in Israel and we are driving by in the bus and we, 
we uh, stop and we look over and uh, there's a shepherd with the sheep. And uh, then, then there's another shepherd with another group of sheep and they all started to intermix together. And I thought it was, I was feeling a little panic. Like, how are they actually going to separate the sheep? How are the sheep going to figure all of this out? And they hung out there for a few minutes. And then one shepherd started walking away and he starts yelling in Arabic and his sheep just listen to his voice and they just follow. And it's such a great reminder. Bryn, um, what has been your experience of hearing from God and, and why is it so important for us to be paying attention to his voice? Yeah, well, I'd say like two years ago um, or maybe three years ago now, if someone were to have told me that it was important or that it was normal or that it ha- it happened and that God speaks. Um, and people did tell me that. And I thought that they were kind of crazy. And I was like, okay, like he speaks to you. All right. And then once I learned a little bit more about it, I still had this misconception of this idea that, okay, God does speak, but he probably only speaks to like the really holy people. And that also mm. is is so untrue. And I think really that like, at least for me in my life, I would have never imagined that I would that I would be where I am right now in my life, like finishing a biblical studies degree, um, you know, a full-time missionary, staffing a Bible school, leading a team to Cambodia, all of these different things that these were not my ideas, right? And but I am living the most fulfilled life that I could possibly ever dream of. And it's because I would wait on the Lord for direction, even like in my plans of life saying yes or no to certain things. And, you know, so especially when it connects to purpose, it's, it's crazy and wild and it will lead you to places that you definitely never imagined for yourself. But I think also it allows us to impact the people's lives around us. When we hear the voice of God, we also start to catch his heart for other people. And so our relationships and the way we interact with people um, ends up changing as well. Yeah, it's so interesting, this idea, this concept to be able to actually hear the voice of God. I think you know any communication that we have most of the time with God is probably very one-sided in prayer. If, if we actually sit down in prayer and we uh, are in prayer with God, I think a lot of it is us talking to Him instead of like, I, I just remember one of these times where, I'd sit in a group, uh, a small group of people praying, and for the longest time, it was just quiet. And I'm all, is anyone going to (laughs) start? And they said, well, we're just listening. I'm like, oh, I thought that prayer is all about talking. But there really is this this listening. Uh, The Jewish people, um, we say, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Jewish people, they say this twice a day, and it's this reminder to hear, but even in the hearing, there is doing. And just like you said, Bryn, like that when we hear the voice of God, it's directing us towards action. We're supposed to do something. Brian, as you think about some of the characters uh, in the Bible that God is speaking to, um, who who are the ones that stand out and what was like the response? What was God telling them and how are they listening? And how are maybe even that, like what Bryn was saying, like we, we assume that this is for the ultra holy, that God's only speaking to them and we're too sinful to actually hear, but maybe humanize some of these characters in the Bible that God is speaking to. Well, it's funny when, when you say that, two things that jump out. First, when you think of the prophet Elijah, you know, he, just a very, very anointed man of God and, uh, you know, in his the words that he received from God were were very powerful, and I think in First Kings, it, it uh, you know when he was he was waiting on God, 
and you know it talks about that you know there was a powerful wind in the mountain and and everything everything shattered you know but the lord was not in the wind and then there was an earthquake and you know but he wasn't in the earthquake and then there was a fire and the lord wasn't in the fire but then you know came a, a gentle whisper and and that's when elijah heard it so it's that the bible just confirms over and over again just that that still gentle voice of god and the the other extreme comes up through the uh, prophet Balaam. Uh, the Lord spoke to him through a donkey, so the donkey literally heard yeah. and spoke. <laughs> so, so it, it, I mean, it, it just shows you on either extreme a great prophet or a donkey, right? That uh, that God can use anything, and and that's where we understand that God can speak to us through other people and circumstances and signs and promptings and numbers and. Um, you know, dreams through nature, like it just like when you open yourself up and you begin to just really be aware of God and what he's doing. Um, I mean, he'll speak through our senses, our perceptions, like through our intuition. And sometimes we just know that Holy Spirit will just put something on the inside of us and, uh, and we'll just have that that inner knowing as well. Having kind of gone back and forth, you, you've seen both sides, this, this season of your life where you were not listening to God, you weren't even looking to listen, but now that you're on the other side of that and you recognize the voice of God, Brian, I'm just curious, like where have many of us missed it? Like God is speaking and he's showing up in some of these places, but we just kind of, we we dismiss it as like, oh, that was just a weird hunch or that was coincidence or it's not like, how do we talk ourselves out of it that it it's not God? And, and where should we, like, how should we be talking to ourselves and say, actually, you probably should be ta- paying attention to that? Yeah, well, I, I think for me, I've noticed that when I let myself enter into a place of like skepticism, it really holds me back from being able to hear what God is actually saying or even receptive um, to the things that he wants to speak to me. And I think it's awesome to be discerning and we definitely have to. But at the same time, like, you know, we are human and no one ever really is going to be 100% sure that they're spot on, you know, with the word of the Lord that they've heard from him or, you know, even through maybe somebody else. And that's totally fine. And so I think for me, I had to to remove that of because I would want to only take action if I was 100% sure that I was right about what God was saying to me. Right. But then I would have never taken action on anything um, because I was never 100% sure. I would be like maybe 90% sometimes or 80% or 60%. And even if I have that little inkling now of, God might be saying this. I think this is what he's saying. I act on it because God is never going to contradict himself. He's, he, you know, obviously like he's never going to contradict the word or scripture. And that's one of the key ways that we can know um, that we are hearing God's voices when it aligns with his word, when it aligns with his character, we can obviously test it with other Christians and ask what they think about the word that we're hearing, but we will never regret a step of obedience when, even when we just think that God is speaking especially if it's something that aligns with the word of God. I totally agree. We have to have a way of, there There has to be a check, but it's not just a check in the gut. It's a check against who we know the character of God to be. What does he say about himself in scripture? Uh, if, if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the things that we're hearing from God as he's speaking to us, it has to be consistent with who he is and what he said. I, I think that there's there's a big piece of this. Again, the assumption is God is always speaking, and maybe we're just the ones that are not tuning in. And there is, uh, I love even what you said, Bryn, about the 
the skepticism ent- entering in? Because I think that that's probably my first um, piece. But um, Brian, I'm I'm just curious too. Like how how has God directed you? What has what has come after those seasons of listening? Like God says something, and you are faithful and obedient in following through with that. And then what's what's the result? Like what happens for us when we listen? to the Lord. It's actually, it's, everything's a practice. So the more time we practice and it is a discipline, right? The more clear it's going to be. And, um, the one of the things about anything that we practice in, we have to risk failure. And I think just exactly what Bryn said that, um, you know, God looks at our heart and, you know, and when we position ourselves, I remember I've, um, I've, I've really positioned myself and heard nothing. And I was like, Lord, like, which way do I go? And, and it felt like a lose-lose situation. And the Lord was so clear, right? Just that he, you know, just the position of my heart towards him pleased him so much that he's going to work with either one. And, and remember when, when you start to get things like that, and then you also start to understand too, that anything from God is going to be encouraging and truthful, and it's going to be, it's going to produce hope and faith within you. It's going to, it's going to have life on it. And we also, I think, you know, when we understand that his voice sounds like ours. Now, some people have heard, you know, the audible voice of God, but uh, within us, it actually sounds like us. It sounds like anything else. But we also have to remember that Satan can also, we can have our thoughts from God and we can have uh, our own thoughts, but we can also have Satan's that are really, when you think of anything that's, you know, lying that causes, you know, unbelief, anything that's got really laced with accusation or, or adversarial thoughts or condemnation, and, you know, anything that looks to kill or destroy, you know, the faith within us, the hope that we have, then we can be assured, you know, that uh, the enemy has something to do with that. But even in the simplest of things, so sometimes in the morning, I'll just sit and I have a journal on my lap and I'll just listen. And as I go, I just write. And and uh, sometimes when I'm writing, um, I'll look at it afterwards and I know when I'm surprised or it's something I totally expected or there's things that that I didn't know, or I never would have written down, or even I didn't think it could be, it could be God because it sounded so different. And, and then when I've uh, had time to reflect on it, I'm like, wow. And, and, and you start to see there's a lot more to it uh, as well. I mean, quite often I'll just sit there and quiet as well. Cause that's, I think that, you know, the, the whole position of quieting ourselves before him, you know, sometimes he'll just put an image of a person or bring a person to mind or I'll see their face. And, and, um, and then just say, God, you know, what do you want to do? Either I'll pray and sometimes, you know, God will have a blessing for them or something for me to do practically. So it's just, uh, it's just becoming more and more aware. And, um, and like Brent said, it's that obedience. So if the Lord really, and, and when he puts somebody on your heart too, there's usually a tug on the heart as well. And there's a, you know, you can feel his love for them or there'll be a, an empathy, compassion of some kind. And, uh, and as you follow through on that, the Holy Spirit will really lead you. And that's that's where there's like huge fruit that comes from that kind of obedience. Yeah, I'm hearing from you, uh, from you both, that there is something unique that you do here. Um, even the scene of uh, sometimes in the morning, I'm sitting down and my journal's on my lap. That phrase, like, that experience is so different than I think how a lot of Christians live their lives. Uh, a friend of mine wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he talks about, I think maybe it was Dallas Willard that said, that hurry is the enemy to spiritual growth. And we really have just not stopped to turn aside and to be able to look at our lives in such a way where we're creating the space to do that. And I, what I love, I, you know, probably one of the, the most famous like passages in the Bible when God is speaking, 
like where God really shows up is this scene that takes place in Exodus three and Moses is there. And what is he doing? He's just, he's shepherding his father-in-law's flock, Jethro's flock. And uh, what's interesting uh, is that there is this small shrub that grows in Israel and many other places, um, but it's known as, I don't, I don't know the, uh, the official scientific name, but it's known as like the gas plant or also known as the burning bush. And the cool thing with it is that it emits this like flammable vapor and it's been said to spontaneously combust if it gets hot enough in the desert sun. And so some people would say, some Bible commentators and theologians, they would say that it's actually this, this one species of bush that Moses encountered. Now, I, I've been to the deserts there. I just, when it's 120, 125 degrees, I'm not sticking around all that long. But what I think is, because how cool would that be, number one, just to see the bush blow up right there. But what, what's amazing is if you look at Exodus 3, uh, Moses is there, he's hanging out with the sheep, and he he sees this, this, this bush that's on fire, but it says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And this is King James Version, which I don't always go to, but I just love this phrasing. Uh, I will now turn aside. I, and I think that, here, here's my hunch, I'm reading into scripture just a little bit here, but I've, I think that this may have been something that has happened before, that maybe it's so hot there in the desert sun that this bush ignites and, and it's on fire, but maybe this, this was there for a while. It says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, then God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. It wasn't that the bush is on fire and God's saying, hey, Moses, come over here, come over here. It wasn't until Moses stopped and he turned aside and then he went and then God speaks. It, he happens on this scene and there's this open fire. It wasn't just any bush. It just kept burning without being consumed by the flames. And this is the place and this is the moment where God calls him and conveys his will for his life, for Moses' life. And, and there's, there's this amazing piece that really just changes the course of, of the history of, of Israel. I wonder how many times we have God speaking and inviting us to just pause long enough to stop and to turn aside and to go check out what God is up to. How? We, we don't have, you know, we're, we're, we're probably like all living in the cities or, you know, we're, we're, we're not so much in the Jordanian desert, but what does that look like? What are those burning bush moments? Who are the people that just kind of almost like light up in that same way where God is saying, I want you to go over here. I, I'm, I'm over here. I'm in this place. I'm in this person. Um, Brent, I know that you've had just a ton of encounters with people um, who have stories, and when you've stopped and you paid attention and said, "God, what's up here? What do you want me to do?" That a story has come from that. What what have those experiences been for you? I think what it makes me think of first is um, when I visit home back to Toronto from Hawaii, and usually I get to go home once a year or twice a year at the most, and. When I go home, I, I see my friends that I haven't seen in so long, and most of them are not saved or Christian, and they don't want to be. And sometimes it's hard because my whole life and telling them what's new with me is really just talking about Jesus. And I, I don't, never want them to feel like I'm like pushing it on them or um, trying to like convert them or 
anything like that, which I would love if that happened more. But um, so I, I'm, I try to be really careful about it, but I feel like it, it's important. You know, they're obviously, they're asking how I'm doing. They're asking how my life is going. They're asking what's new. And I'm going to be honest with them. And, and even that, like that is a door that the Lord is opening for me to be able to share what life with Jesus is actually like. And so even though it's uncomfortable sometimes and I don't really know how to go about it in the perfect way, I just try to step out in faith and I, and I try to share with them, you know, the real life experiences of like, this is what living with God is like. And it's been wild to see the most, the people that I expected the least to want relationship with Jesus and to, you know, ask for salvation and relationship with the Lord, um, have actually come to Jesus. And even just through that, three of my best friends in Toronto have gotten saved, you know, and it's, it's really just taking the time to share with them. No, this is actually who Jesus is. This is what being in a relationship with God looks like. And they're like, wait, what? It's not rules. It's not just religion. It's not this. And I'm like, no, like, (laughs) and they're like, okay, I want that. And it, it really is that simple sometimes, but it's being aware when, when God is opening a door, when he's asking you to share something, um, and then just to see what God is able to do with your obedience is just wild. Yeah, Brian, where have you had those burning bush moments where where God has showed up and and you've listened and you've seen the fruit from that? I think the um, I mean the most repetitive one is uh, you know Bryn's book came out in uh, May of twenty twenty two and and literally the Lord will open the door in very specific ways or give me a prompting to uh, uh, to share the book and. The, I mean, I've been in um, pretty much like mainly with uh, non-believers, and uh, and it's just opened such an incredible dialogue, and um, and it just makes conversations real so quickly. So, I mean, I'll get uh, um, it doesn't matter if I'm at the dentist office, you know, and uh, you know, the lady was having a bad day, and I was talking to her, and you know, just very discouraged, and you know, and you know, the Lord, you know, just as He leads, and you just look for that prompting, like Bryn said, like the. Uh, just always be aware. And, you know, I ended up bringing it down for her and some others and, you know, the chiropractor that you know, where I got my hair cut, like just, I mean, just aware of, you know, conversation, just listening and caring in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And, and then the feedback is incredible. Like it has opened people's eyes to who God is in a totally different way. The very fact that you're willing just to slow down, like we talked about silencing and just being present, right? And, so making people a priority and uh, and making God a priority. So, I mean, I'll, I'll quite often just in my mind ask Holy Spirit, you know, what are you saying? What do you want to do? And and then I'll I'll intentionally just wait. And the doors open. It's 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 incredible how that happens. And and it's typically in the in the door is different with everyone. Um, but ultimately, I mean, Bryn's book has given me probably I I've given out um, hundreds in the low hundreds. And most of those have been personal encounters where God has opened a door in a very specific way uh, to, to, you know, whether it's a specific need or a hurt or, and then what I've found too is like, I'll go back to, um, I went back to get my haircut after I'd given it to them and they had begun to pass out the book to clients that were in trouble and in need. So it's really neat how God just multiplies things as you, even the little things of life. And I think that's where we got to be just so aware that, it it's, doesn't have to be the huge home runs that in life, you know, we all get a chance to to participate in what God's doing in the lives of others. So, I mean, we may just have a seat of love or compassion or listening and, you know, another person may just speak encouragement. Another person may bring the gospel. 
another one may. So, you know, we can all water and we could all have a, have a, a part to play in, in God. And it's just, it's just being part of his story. Yeah. What I'm hearing is I need to get more haircuts, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you haven't written a book or if you don't have a daughter that's written a book, then you can just use uh, Bryn's book and you can give that out as well. All right, Brian, let's say that somebody is listening and there is the beginning of desire. They say, I, I want that. I want to hear the voice of God, uh, but that is just not part of their practice. It's not part of their life at, at all whatsoever. What What is step one? What's a good entry point? How does this begin in someone's life? The first thing that comes to mind is a book I read a few years ago, and it's called Joyful Journey. And it really, it talked about, you know, entering into his presence, and it's very scriptural with Thanksgiving. And um, as we become thankful, so we start writing down everything we're thankful to for God, and we start to express it to him, what literally happens is the relational circuits in our brain begin to turn on. And I don't think there's any better way to position ourselves to hear the voice of God is step one. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Bryn, I know that there are people that want to enter in, and maybe there's some fear, maybe there's doubt or skepticism. Would you just pray uh, just a prayer that that invites people into that and um, really just that the Spirit would be moving and speaking in each of our lives? Jesus, I thank you so much that you are a relational God. I thank you that uh, we were made for connection with the Father. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. And yeah, Lord, I thank you that we get to commune with you throughout our lives every day, all day. And I thank you that you are a God that speaks and that you made us as your children to listen to you. And so right now, I just pray that you would just start to speak to anyone who's listening to this right now, whether that is through the word of God, through dreams, visions, music, songs, creation, you know, nature, the world, um, really any way that uh, feels right to them and that you've created them to hear you, Lord. And so I thank you that you are always speaking and that you can speak however you want, whenever you want. And so I just pray that everyone listening to this right now would start to even just be receptive um, to start taking notice of the ways that you're speaking to them in their lives. And so, yeah, Lord, we just pray, um, we just pray a blessing over everyone listening right now. And um, yeah, just a blessing in their journey to know you better and to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, as we go out, uh, it, you just, it triggered something for me. And it, I remember going on a prayer retreat with a group of people. And just before we were dismissed to have three hours of solo time, uh, our, our facilitator, he just said, we were all standing up, packing our bags, getting ready to walk out. And he said, I want everyone to stop for a second. He said, resist the urge to do this perfectly. Resist the urge to do this perfectly. And so as we go out, um, that's my, my prayer uh, for everybody. This is a practice. This is something that has to build in our lives. So resist that urge. Well, thank you for listening to The Father Pursuit. We hope that today you've been inspired to take time and to listen and hear the voice of God. May you encounter the Lord's presence as you seek Him, and may His Spirit bring comfort and direction for your life and clarity in all of the seasons of your life. And remember, God is always speaking and He wants us to hear Him. If you wanna dig deeper into this topic, visit our website at m46ministries.com. There you can pre-order Brian Elliott's new book, More Than Gold set to release on March 17th, as well as Bryn's book, It's Already Out, Dying to Live. We love hearing from you, so don't forget to share your thoughts and comments with us. And as you go out, may you be blessed in the pursuit.